What's up, you guys? It's draft week. We finally have made it to the week of the NFL draft. I could not be more excited. I know you guys have been feeling my excitement for the last few months. You guys have been hearing about my excitement on the last couple episodes, and I am just so excited to... It's finally here. Finally, all the hope that I've been waiting for, all the stuff that I've been studying. This is literally so exciting, and I cannot wait for it to happen. In today's episode, I'm going to be giving you my final round one mock draft. I might go a little bit into rounds two and three, but I think I'm going to just stick primarily on round one. Then I'm going to give you some of my favorite sports bets, if you guys sports bet, some of my favorite draft bets. And then five fits that I have in this mock draft that I'm just loving so much that I think are definitely going to stay just depending on wherever, whatever happens in the draft. So I think we're going to hop right into it. Uh, I spent a lot of time on this. This is, I guess, what I'm going to now be going off of as my final ideas. Obviously, it's so hard to predict something in a way that if something happens, if there's one weird pick, if one team fucks up, then everything trickles down and it's going to affect everything. So it's very hard to predict the draft in that sense. But... These are the picks that I not only do I think are the smartest, I took into account what the team should do, what the team might do, all that, and I tried to make the best comprehensive list of what's going to happen. Obviously, I did include trades as well, because I, that's how the NFL works. So we are going to hop right into it with the number one pick. You guys know it. It's been known ever since the Jets lost to the Rams. It is Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback out of Clemson. One of the best prospects that we've seen in the last couple of years, very similar to John Elway, Peyton Manning, some of the really great greats. There's very limited flaws in the game. I'm not saying that he's going to hit the ground running and all of a sudden have some Patrick Mahomes season. Obviously, the Jaguars are, are a 1-15 in team. They were last year. So he's not going to be like all of a sudden the best player in the league. But I definitely think that he's going to have a lot of success there with Urban Meyer. I'm very excited for what they're able to do. And pick number two seems very similar to that the stamp has already been made. They've already handed in the draft card ever since we knew that Trevor Lawrence was the pick. I think that number two is going to be BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Uh, I think that while I might be skeptical as a Jets fan seeing what's happened in the past, I do think that the organization and the staff that's around him is in the right place. I think that they are putting the right receivers and the right weapons in place. At least now, they're moving in the right direction. Denzel Mims still has a lot of potential. Uh, Corey Davis, I really like that signing. So I think Zach Wilson, the quarterback of the future for the New York Jets, I like that move. Uh, pick number three. This is the first controversial one. I've heard so many times it's now flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop. In one mock draft, I said that they should try to get Zach Wilson. In one, I said that they should go Mac Jones. And when I said Justin Fields. And now, my in my final mock draft, I've got them going quarterback Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. His rushing ability, his quick release I think is going to fit so well in the San Francisco system I think already just based on the system and the coaching and the roster around him this automatically makes him the best quarterback this coming season for his team I'm so excited to see Trey Lance on the Niners I think that that is a fit made in heaven. I think Field, while Fields and Mac Jones are definitely possibly the pick, I'm not ruling them out, and I'm not saying that it's not possible. I think Fields is too consistently stuck on one read. I think Mac Jones, just the talent and the 
ceiling is not as high as Trey Lance could be, so I see them ultimately going with Lance out of North Dakota State at the third pick. Actually, I've been meaning to say this. Uh, not only is there so much on the shoulders of the high draft picks, but I think that there will be more on the shoulders of whoever the Niners pick and whoever the picks are later, assuming that they're traded up for, because not only are you banking on the fact that you're not wasting your early first round pick, you're not wasting your early first round this year and next year and the year after. So you have triple the amount of pressure because there was triple the amount of stuff to go up and get you that I feel like it's even bigger of a deal that he does well. But I think that he'll answer the call, he'll do what's need to be done, and Trey Lance will be the pick. The number four pick, our first trade of the mock draft. This one, it, it feels too set in stone. I know so, so, so many people continually say Kyle Pitts is going to be the pick here, and I cannot stress enough how little I think of the chance that is. When you really look as, as an overview at the Falcons roster, they have a very aging quarterback, a below average offensive line, and then the entire defense is pretty bad. They have really bad corners, below average safeties, uh, their middle linebacker is solid, but they need edge presence, they would need interior defensive line, and the one thing that is really so fantastic about their team is their receiving core. And I know, obviously, Arthur Smith is the offensive guy, yada yada, but I just cannot see a world where maybe if you trade Julio, then you could make the argument in the case that Pitts would be the best because they're definitely going to be depleted at the receiving area. But as of right now, they have already a top three receiving duo. I really like Hayden Hurst coming into this season, and I think it's wasted possibility of letting another team bait and give so 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 much so now when I'm thinking of all these teams that could bait and give so much obviously the Bengals won't be trading up they already have their quarterback the Dolphins seem pretty set on Tua the Lions seem at least set for now on Goff the Panthers seem for now set on Sam Darnold Dak is on the Cowboys Daniel Jones is on the Giants and then at 12 that's when you can actually start the conversation where the Eagles are I think that they might but they were already in the situation where they could have drafted a quarterback and they tra traded down so I can't assume that they're even in the market for a quarterback either the Vikings are not the Chargers are not and then the next possible is the Patriots at 15 and 15 becomes too much so who is the one team that I left out of there it is the Denver Broncos at number nine I have them moving up trading their number nine pick this year their first round next year their third this year and their third next year all to go up to four and then at four I have them selecting Justin Fields this would automatically make Drew Locke expendable. I think that he could go for a late second, early third to either the Buccaneers, the Steelers, something like that. I would like them to literally trade him on draft day. I think it flips back some of that stuff that they lost in the trade to go up to four. They improve at their quarterback. Their roster is ready right now to start winning. They have a very young receiving core, a young line, a insanely talented defense, and I think that... Fields is automatically stepping into a place that has really good infrastructure around him. I think a good enough coaching staff and a good enough roster to overall just 
hit the ground running immediately. I I really am a fan of Jerry Judy, and I think Jerry Judy's a 100 reception in the year type of guy, or at least 100 target type of guy. So if you can have Fields grow with this amazing receiver, I obviously really love Sutton. I think Tim Patrick is very, very underrated for who he is. I don't know how many snaps he's going to get. Noah Fant, just so much about the Broncos I love. And I think that that's, this is just the place right now that you got to trade up. You got to get your guy. They're uncertain on Locke. For as much, I personally have some belief in Locke, but just when looking at all the teams that could trade up, 15 and, like, I mean, the Patriots, the Washington football team, the Bears, they're all possibilities, but they're just too far down that they'd have to give up so, so, so much capital. To go from 9 to 4 is a lot less. The Broncos get Justin Fields. With the next pick in the draft, I have got the Cincinnati Bengals keeping it safe and selecting tackle, one of the best tackle prospects we've seen in a while, Penny Sewell out of Oregon. Uh, I think his athleticism and upside is just so, so high. So after seeing what happened with Joe Burrow's injury, just it's the classic case of if you don't and he ends up getting injured, the entire fan base is probably going to turn on you. So I can just assume that they're going to keep it safe. I, I personally really like the receivers that they have in Cincinnati with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, Alex Erickson, like all those guys. I think they're definitely solid enough. I think Joe Mixon, this might finally be his breakout year if they do get Sewell and they do really improve that line. Jonah Williams is coming back. I think it's the perfect safe move. Chase might have a little bit of the higher upside, but a lot bigger of a floor or like a possibility for end up screwing the team in the end. So they keep it safe and they select Penny Sewell, which leaves the next pick. Number six, Miami Dolphins, Jamar Chase, receiver out of LSU. Uh, also one of the best receiver prospects that we've seen in years. This draft class, I mean, maybe it's just because I've been doing my research on it more than any other year, but it really does look like a legendary class just with all the quarterback prospects that are so fantastic. Sewell is one of the best O-linemen we've seen. Uh, I think Pitts is a different tight end than we've ever seen. Chase is a different receiver than we've ever seen. I'm, I really like the entire thing. But just back to the pick, uh, number six, Jamar Chase. I think it's throwing every single excuse out the window for Tua, and now it's Tua's time. If he cannot do it with this team, then he is clearly not the quarterback. They already have, I think, a really great receiving core in place with Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. I think, sadly, if they do get chased, then Preston Williams is not going to see much playing time, and I think that he is very talented, so, which is bad, but Chase is definitely the more talented player. And then, obviously, Will Fuller and Mike Gusecki. Uh, I really like those weapons. I think that that is a top weaponry in the NFL. Now all they need is a running back and to capitalize on being there, and Tua needs to take the step up. But I think Chase is the right pick. He's definitely the best player available, in my opinion. At number seven, I think that there is a possibility that the Lions stay and take somebody, but it's another instance where they can just get so much and their team with so, so, so many needs. I could see a world where they go quarterback, where they go receiver, where they go pits, where they go anybody on defense. They desperately need corner help. I think Okuda was a wasted pick last year. Uh, linebacker, D-line, edge rusher, safeties, really anybody. Any pick is viable here. So rather than taking somebody and making sure that they're the one, I have them trading down. I've got the New England Patriots trading up to number seven and selecting quarterback Mac Jones out of Alabama. 
Uh, while he does have probably the lowest ceiling out of the five, I think that in a Bill Belichick system, this dude is going to be fantastic. Uh, Mac Jones will thrive off of the two tight ends that they have. They still don't have an incredible receiving core, but they do have a top 5-0 line. He'll have the time. He does not need to make these crazy long down-the-field th throws. He doesn't need to really improvise on his throws. It's a lot of just checkdowns. It's a lot of easy stuff that he can learn very, very quickly. I would love that fit, and it's officially making the next jump and saying, we are restarting this. This is the beginning of the new era. Uh, while Cam Newton, I do think, can be somewhat successful in New England, just even having a backup plan and having Mac Jones sit for a year, I honestly don't hate that. If they do get some, if they do get Mac Jones, having him sit for a year behind Cam Newton, a dude who's all drive, who's all working out all the time, I love it. So I've got Mac Jones going to the Patriots. Then at number eight, a blessing in a, and a half. You guys know who it's got to be. A dude that I think a lot of people have going somewhere in the top five, but I just can't see it happening based on the teams that are there, based on the importance of the other positions. But at number eight, I've got Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, a tight end unlike one we've ever seen before going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that is another instance. It gives Sam Darnold zero excuses. Having a core of Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Kyle Pitts is so incredibly dangerous and amazing of a talent all around him that he really cannot fail. I think that it's just going to boost him so, so, so much higher than even his talent shows because they have so many amazing receivers all around him. Uh, Pitts, I think, fits right in. There's not a lot of other needs on that offense. I guess they can go tackle. I think that there is a possibility that they need another cornerback, but it wouldn't be as high as eight. I think if Pitts goes, they might look to do a third receiver because, I mean, you really do need three receivers nowadays in the NFL, all three that are, like, star or better level. But if Pitts is available, I think that they scribble their name big and proud and run up to the podium and try to take them as soon as possible. I really like that fit. Number nine, that now it's the Falcons pick again, and I'm faced with the exact same conundrum that I was earlier. Now Pitts is off the board. Now Chase is off the board. Now Sewell's off the board. I think they could have gone any three. They're clearly not going to go quarterback just because it's so expensive. And then they're still left with so, so, so many amazing prospects and so many possible positions that I have them trading down twice. That's right. I think if you're a Falcons fan, you are over the moon with this scenario. This is, I have... Oh, by the way, I, I didn't even say what the Patriots had traded up for before. I have them trading from 15 to 7 by giving 15 their first next year and their fourth next year for to go up. Then at 9, I have the Chargers giving up their 13th pick, their third round this year, and their third round next year to go up to 9. And I have them selecting Rashawn Slater. That is the tackle out of Northwestern. I think that that capitalizes their huge push to give Herbert one of the best, from the worst to the best line in the league. They already got Corey Lindsley. They already got Matt Filer. I love if they go any tackle of any sort. If they stay there, they might go Derisaw. But Slater is definitely the second best O-lineman that's on the board in general. So if they have the ability to trade up and really solidify their line, give Herbert something amazing for the next couple years, 
He doesn't even need to worry about scrambling about the pocket. He's got it all locked down. Rashawn Slater to the Chargers. I really like that pick. Number 10, this is another shakeup. I mentioned it last week in my most commonly asked questions, who's going to go first, which cornerback, and I think that's answered right here. At number 10, the Dallas Cowboys go J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. I think that the upside is there. He's so fantastic man-to-man. I've now seen more and more videos of receivers and other corners and stuff talking about him, saying that he is in that elite group. The You can put him on the other team's one and don't need to worry about him for the entire game. I really like that fit. I It's one of my favorite fits in the entire draft. Jerry Jones will do wonders with Horn, and I think that that is a stay there and... Don't need to really worry about the, especially with Trayvon Diggs now going to be probably slid to the two. I think that goes from one of the worst secondaries in the league to an above average cornerback group for sure for many, many years to come. At number 11, I've got the New York Giants selecting wide receiver Jalen Waddell out of Alabama. Uh, the speed and the ability to just open up the field so much down the field. Kenny Galladay is one of the best go up and get it receivers. Waddle's the best separation deep, like can just burn by anybody. And it just makes this offense so, so dynamic. You need to give Daniel Jones all the possible weapons that he can. I really do like the Giants receiving core alone. And I could definitely see them going edge here instead. Maybe Jalen Phillips, maybe Quiddy Pay, But... Waddle is definitely an upgrade over Darius Slayton, definitely an upgrade over Sterling Shepard in my opinion, so he comes in and immediately gives Daniel Jones no complaints. He is throwing to amazing receivers. I think Rudolph is a very low-key great signing to pair up with Evan Ingram. A lot of teams use two tight end sets. I could see them using two tight ends, two receivers with Waddle Galladay. Rudolph and Ingram, I think that would be just so much speed, so much versatility, so much athleticism. I really, really like that pick. Number 12, I don't know why, but I've got this consistent feeling that the Eagles won't take a receiver in general. Uh, I think they like Rager. I think that they'll still go with a receiver in the second or third round, but if they're faced at 12 and they really had a big weakness at linebacker, I know that they got Eric Wilson from the Minnesota Vikings, a really great coverage outside linebacker, but Parsons, not a really a coverage guy, just a tackling guy, will shut down the run game for the Eagles. Micah Parsons out of Penn State, I think would be a fantastic pick for them. Bring that defense back to what it was in its Super Bowl days. They still have Brandon Graham. They still have Fletcher Cox. They definitely need some help in the secondary for sure. But Parsons will definitely help shore up the front seven. And I really like that move. Then at 13, I have the Falcons again. Now after two trades, they're finally going to be selecting somebody. And when you hear this, Falcons fans, I think that you guys will be very, very excited with how, that, with how this all pans out. They end up selecting Patrick Sertan, cornerback out of Alabama. A lot of people say that it's the best cornerback in the class. I'd say the biggest position of need for the Falcons. They trade down. They get multiple firsts next year. They're now going into next year with three first-round picks and leaving the draft with arguably the best cornerback in the draft. I see no downsides whatsoever in this pick. Uh, they really have a bad defense overall, and they I think that they're going to go very defensive heavy in this draft, except for the fourth pick. If they go Pitts, that's already losing so much possibility in this. I mean, 
continued, those third-round picks end up helping them so much in the third round, too, to build a defense that is already sustainable by this year. If they do do the double trade down, even if they do a single one, I just think that that is so the right move on a team that has so many needs. Patrick Sertan out of Bama goes to the Atlanta Falcons. Number 14, I've got AVT. Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard slash tackle out of USC. I think the best interior guy in this draft. I really hate the Minnesota Vikings line. I mean, Garrett Bradbury's okay, Brian O'Neill, but the rest of them are below average, just bad. I think if you're going to keep Kirk, if you're going to try to make this offense sustainable, you need to really improve the O-line. AVT, I mean, it's sad because I think that he's one of the most sought-after guys between the 16 to 26 range so they snag him up really solidify the interior of the line at 15 the Detroit Lions now after trading down from seven this is originally the New England Patriots pick now they're up there after this free agency period when Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay left they went from one of the best receiving cores in the league to easily the worst I think Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman are Way, 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 way below average. There are four wide receiver, four wide receiver, five type guys that are the one and two. I hate that. So I've got them. The first really jaw-dropping, shocking pick. Just what I've heard in the last few weeks. Continuation about Devonta Smith's size. Continuation, is he the guy? And I keep hearing that Bateman is the Jefferson of this class. He's so speedy. His downfield ability is so incredible that the Detroit Lions pass on taking Devonta Smith out of Alabama and instead go Rashad Bateman, receiver out of Minnesota, to become their new one. I don't think Goff is obviously the quarterback that they're going to go into the future, having throwing the ball to him, but if they can really solid, just, he's so good, so much untapped potential, and whenever they figure out what they're going to do at quarterback, that is somebody that can just help elevate the quarterback so, so, so much. I really love Bateman. I like him going above Smith. I think that that just might happen in general too, whether it's to the these teams are not, but you, you can debate about that. We'll see what happens in two days, obviously, but as for now, I've got Rashad Bateman going to the Lions, and then directly with the next pick, I've got the Arizona Cardinals going Devonta Smith, receiver out of Alabama, so that would be making the Cardinals have easily, 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 I think, the best receiving core in the NFL with DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald has retired, but Andy Isabella is still there. Uh, they don't have Hakeem Butler anymore, but just overall, I think that is... And what, what they did on the O-line and free in the offseason and getting Rodney Hudson in the middle and I, all around, I'm just really loving everything that the Cardinals are doing. They're really trying to propel... Kyler Murray from the up-and-coming type player he is to the MVP style that he could be, I think, that he has the 100% capability to be, so... Oh, and also A.J. Green, I completely forgot, but I think, especially with this pick, A.J. Green really will not get much time. He'll just be more of a mentor and a teacher for Devonta Smith, another early-round pick, but... Devonta Smith, he has so much room to grow, so many people to learn from. He doesn't need to immediately come in and be the one. It's going to give him so much time to develop. I really love that pick. 17, I've got the Las Vegas Raiders selecting Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, uh, the coverage linebacker out of Notre Dame. I love, love, love this pick. 
Uh, this is another one of my match made in heavens. I had this on my first mock draft. I have it again. They need the coverage linebacker. Nick Kwiatkowski is, is solid in the run game, but not a great coverage guy. Uh, Nicholas Morrow's pretty solid, but again, nothing compares to Owusu Koromoa. I like Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe being their two edge rushers, so Koromoa could be sort of that interior helper. I think that there is a very, 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 very good shot that he ends up being the best linebacker in this entire class. Possibility that he's the best defender in this entire class. He has the capability to cover like a corner as a linebacker in a linebacker's body. Just so much potential. Uh, John Gruden's going to have a field day with him on defense, putting him in weird schemes, put him in the box. Literally, You could literally line him it's at slot corner, and I think that it will not be that bad, honestly. He's a chess piece, very similar to Isaiah Simmons. Uh, overall, just a great pick. 18, I've got Jalen Phillips, uh, Miami, staying in Miami, going to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, arguably the best edge rusher in this draft. So much bend, so much athleticism. Uh, he is the first edge rusher that goes off the board. I really like Brian Flores' defensive scheme. Emmanuel Agba took a big step this past year. Him and Phillips will definitely make a really great edge duo so not only are you making a great receiving trio by getting chase in the first round but you're making a great edge duo on the defense with phillips and agba not to mention they still have their great corners so that'll really help sure up the secondary sure up the edge rush i love phillips to the dolphins keep him in miami i really like that 19, I've got the Washington football team selecting Christian Derrissaw. They're a team that could possibly try to somehow do something for a quarterback just because Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't their long-term answer. But you guys know how I feel about the Washington football team. I think that they're so, so, so talented. Um, they don't have a fantastic tackle position. Their interior, their O-line is pretty solid. Their receiving coordinator, they've added Curtis Samuel, is... I wouldn't go as far as to say above average, but Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin is definitely something to marvel at. I love their running backs. I, their defense is beyond perfect. You don't need to touch that. I think that they definitely go somewhere on offense in the first round, whether it's receiver, whether it's quarterback, whether it's tackle. And I've got them going Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia Tech. They really need tackle. He would easily step in there and become the day one left tackle. Uh, and yeah. At 20, very similar, very similar needs all around the board. I, it, just a very similar team. The color scheme is similar. They both need the quarterback. They both need a receiver. They both need a tackle. Probably not going to go first round. The Chicago Bears, I have them selecting Tevin Jenkins, tackle slash guard out of Oklahoma State. Ver exact same situation, easily comes in, becomes the starting tackle. They have Andy Dalton there, who's clearly not the long-term answer, so that there is a possibility that they go quarterback. Allen Robinson is only there on the franchise tag, and based on what he was tweeting and how he was feeling, I really don't think that he's going to sign there on a multiple-year deal. They could go receiver. Elijah Moore is still available. Kadarius Toney is still available. Guys like that. But I've got them going. Tevin Jenkins ensuring up a below-average to average O-line, just sure it up, make them as efficient of an offense as you can. At 21, I like Quiddy Pay, 
the edge rusher out of Michigan going to the Indianapolis Colts. They really need edge presence. I think that this pick is definitely going to be an edge player if they don't trade up. I did see that maybe, maybe, maybe they take a receiver, but I think that they like uh, Michael Pittman. T.Y. Hilton returned. I they Justin Houston's aging. They n- really didn't get to the quarterback so incredibly last year so and that that is the last thing on that defense they really didn't let up a lot of yards they forced turnovers they have a pretty solid secondary so now just getting to the quarterback without having to blitz is their next thing on the checklist at 22 got the Tennessee Titans selecting Aziz Ojolari the edge out of Georgia he's easily the second third fourth edge in this class. Uh, They definitely need edge. I mean, Clowney wasn't playing so much of an impact last year, but they lost him. They lost all their secondary, so they could definitely go corner. I just don't see a corner in this area-ish. I guess maybe Greg Newsome, but I just see here they need the edge presence. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is more of an interior guy. He's not going to be coming on from around the edge, so I really like Ojolari going to the Titans. At 23, I have the Jets actually trading down. This is another situation similar to the ones above where they have multiple, multiple holes and they could go with so many different guys at this position that rather than taking the shot on one of the five or six that they could like, they trade it, they let another team make that pick, they add capital later and continue to fill the many holes that they have. So I have the Saints trading up to 23 to select Elijah Moore give Jameis Winston a second target. They really don't have a second receiver whatsoever beyond Michael Thomas. Elijah Moore, very incredible route runner, uh, can break it loose for sure. I think that that could be like a deep threat that's very, very, very underrated in the league. Winston to Moore on the Saints. I just really like that connection. I think that there is a possibility that they go Kadarius Toney. Obviously, they might stay where they are and take another corner, maybe a linebacker, something like that. But I've got them trading up, uh, giving the Jets the 28th pick later. But then at 24, I've got the Steelers selecting Jason Owe, edge out of Penn State. Uh, Very, very productive, as in, like, he had great tape. He actually didn't have any sacks in college, surprisingly enough. But his tape showed that he does have the capability to be a really great guy in this league. Put him opposed, like, the other side of TJ Watt, and you will be disrupting quarterbacks like never before. I like Alex Highsmith coming into this year a lot to be that other Bud Dupree role. But when you're faced with this pick... You could either go, I think, O-line. I really, really, really am praying that they don't go running back. I know that that is definitely a need on their roster, and they should definitely address it within the first three rounds. But at 24, there's just so so many better, quicker contributors than a running back of any sort. Like, you could get the fifth running back compared to the first running back is so different than Owe compared to, like, Ronnie Perkins or somebody that's down the board as an edge rusher. So I've got them going Owe at 24. 25, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Dylan Radins, uh, tackle out of North Dakota State. I know that they signed Cam Robbins into a longer deal, but just giving Trevor Lawrence all the safety that he can, uh, shoring up the O-line, trying to really just like make them have as good of an O-line as possible. I think he's pretty flexible all around the line, 
so I really like that move. At 26, I've got the Cleveland Browns selecting Christian Barmore, uh, first and only interior defensive lineman in the draft uh, out of Alabama. After just cutting Sheldon Richardson, I had originally thought that a coverage middle linebacker, maybe like a Jabril Cox, a Jamin Davis, Zaven Collins, somebody like that could go here. But now that they cut Sheldon Richardson, I see them definitely taking somebody that's an interior defensive lineman. Uh, Barmore, the best one in this class, slides right into their lap at 26. I think that's perfect. 27, this is probably my favorite pick in the entire draft. One that I'm so high on the player. I'm so high on the team. I'm so high on the scheme. I'm so high on everything about this. Kadarius Tony to the Baltimore Ravens is a match made in heaven. Tony is so similar to, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, Percy Harvin, Debo Samuel type, can line up at running back, can do these speed sweeps, can block so, so, so well for a receiver that already a team that's doing so much weird stuff in the backfield imagine adding a receiver that can do the speed sweeps and then you do the double fakes and have Lamar take off because Lamar adds a factor that even a team that has so much back backfield movement doesn't have the possibility that their quarterback can run faster than a running back so not only can you hand it to J.K. Dobbins or flip it to Nick Boyle and he takes off and obviously Mark Andrews is still there and I personally think that while a lot of people love to shit on the Baltimore Ravens receivers I think that Sammy Watkins Hollywood Brown and Devin Duvernay is more than fine more than acceptable but to add Tony just adds so much speed so much versatility it could be this short like they don't need to throw it more than 15 yards I think people are so pissed and say that Lamar needs to be moved or Lamar needs a better situation, but he really does not. I think that obviously they do need to go receiver at some point, but they can keep it all short. They can keep defenses on their toes. They would be so efficient with Kadarius Tony, a blocking receiver so that Lamar can do more like run all the way to the outside, some weird stuff. I'm loving, loving, loving that pick. 28. This is now the Jets pick after they had traded down with the Saints. They really need interior offensive line, and I got them going. Landon Dickerson, the center out of center slash guard out of Alabama. Uh, they might be keeping him at center and moving McGovern to a guard spot. I don't know how much I love that, honestly, but they definitely need to go interior line, I think, with their first-round pick. While they do have a need at edge, they do have a need at corner. I think that you saw exactly what happened with Darnold. We can't let that same thing happen again with Zach Wilson and not give him the proper line. So Landon Dickerson, I think, is a match made in heaven for the Jets. At 29, this is another fall right into their lap, a guy that should have probably gone somewhat earlier but I have him falling all the way down to 29. This is Greg Newsom, cornerback at a Northwestern. To line him up alongside Jair Alexander, so much better than Kevin King immediately. Uh, that's going to really improve the edge, improve everything about the Packers. I think they definitely need a second cornerback. It's a glaring need. There is a possibility that they go second linebacker, second defensive lineman, a receiver finally for Aaron Rodgers. But I think Aaron Rodgers makes the best out of whoever he he has at receiver. I honestly think Al Lazard might still go back and become that breakout guy that he might have become last year when we saw him have a random 140-yard game. But 
as of right now, I have them going cornerback. Greg Newsom looks like the best on the board. Obviously, there is a possibility that they go Caleb Farley, but Farley, it's just when you're looking at the two, you go the injury concern, the possibility for how good they can get versus their floor. The Packers are in a win-now situation. I got them going Greg Newsom At 30, the Buffalo Bills select Carlos Basham, Boogie Basham, edge out of Wake Forest. Uh, they really have not had any edge presence whatsoever, and I'm, I might say this in a future podcast too, but I think that their front seven is so below average that that might be the tipping point to them not having really an amazing season if Josh Allen somewhat slips up because their offense was only, wasn't like the Chiefs, wasn't like the Saints, where they had a defense that could always keep keep up and keep the team on their toes going into last year's first round when they were very very close to losing to the Colts in that first game it's because the Colts O-line was so stout and they just could not get any pressure whatsoever so Basham I think does a big need AJ Epinesa is on the up and up a player from last year Jerry Hughes way too old Mario Addison way too old Butler I I forgot what his first name is but too old Their entire defensive line is just really old, so to have Basham coming in at the edge spot, I love that. 31, I have the Baltimore Ravens with the pick that they had traded. Actually, I just want to give myself some quick props that in my most recent mock draft, I actually had the Chiefs trading with this pick exactly doing the exact trade that ended up happening. So technically speaking, my first correct prediction, but... I've got the Baltimore Ravens selecting Gregory Rousseau, edge out of Miami. So much athleticism. The upside is definitely there. We've seen what Baltimore has done with their defense, with getting to the quarterback without having to blitz. They always have a very efficient defense. And Rousseau, this is just a team where they know how to progress these players so well. They can take his untapped potential and make him into the best player he can be. And you could easily be looking back and saying, how the hell did this dude fall to 31? He's so incredible. Uh, There's also a very good shot that they're like, how the hell did this guy even go in the first round? He is pretty ass, but... I think that there's a really good chance that the Ravens, out of out of all the teams that could, the Ravens are a team that could definitely make him the best possible player that he can be. And then at the last pick in the first round, I've got the Buccaneers selecting Samuel Cosme, tackle out of Texas. This is just DeMar Dotson, I'm pretty sure is their tackle. Or if it's somebody else, I or Donovan Smith, that's who I meant, I'm sorry. But either way, they're not at an age where it's like they can just be the guy for whoever the next quarterback in is. You obviously need so much depth at a position where if an injury happens, it's automatically panic mode and Brady is not a mobile quarterback. So just having as much depth on the offensive line as possible is definitely a good thing. So I've got the Buccaneers going with Cosme. Um, And that is it for the first round. Uh, I hope you guys agree somewhat i have the next two rounds but i don't think that i'm gonna read through it just based on the timing that we're at right now so now i'm going to be going into five of the picks that i just made and saying that this pick like the the fit is too made in heaven that if it comes to it i really just think that they're gonna these players are gonna go to these teams anyways i'm not gonna go as far as to put money on it but 
I think that there is a good chance that these connections do happen. Uh, J.C. Horn to the Cowboys, just at 10. They really need corner. It's him or Sertan, and I see them ultimately taking Horn above him. I don't see a place where Horn is going so much earlier, and then at 10, they that's their biggest need by far. So I've got Horn to the Cowboys as a lock. Kadarius Tony to the Ravens. I think with those two first-round picks, they're definitely going to be looking for receiver at one of them. Out of all the players that are in that crop that would go between 27 and 31, it includes him, it includes Elijah Moore, it includes Deami Brown, it includes Terrace Marshall and other guys, but I just see that when it comes down to it, they are going to see the same versatility that I see in Tony going to the Ravens. It's going to open up so much for their offense, and that when they're there, one of those two picks is going to be Tony, I think, for sure. Uh, another one that I'm really loving that I had in both of my mock drafts is JOK to the Raiders. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, I think they just really need it. It's such a big need there. That is around the area where I see him going anyways in the mid-teens. So whether it's a trade-up scenario or the Raiders stay where they are at 17 and end up landing him, I really like that. Uh, the Colts, this one's technically two because I could see them flip-flopping with the Titans pick. But I see both of those I see it's either Quiddy Pay or Aziz Ojolari goes to the Colts. They just really need edge presence. It's the quote-unquote final piece, and those are the two guys that are really hovering around that area. I don't think that they're going to be lucky enough to have Jalen Phillips fall in their lap. I hope. I think that that would really elevate the Colts to a level we've not even seen the Colts at, and they had one of the best defenses in the NFL last year, surprisingly, but... One of those two going to the Colts just seems pretty written in the stars. And lastly, the football team selecting Christian Derisaw, uh, third best tackle in the draft. They need tackle so bad. It doesn't look like there's going to be any quarterbacks that are worth going in the 19th spot. So at 19, it just feels so easy. And so it's going to happen that Derisaw goes there. He's not really mocked to go anywhere higher. I mean... The Cardinals, I guess, can. The Raiders, I guess, can. But when you really break it down, I think that Derisaw's first, like, he needs to go there position would be 19. If not, if they if they miss him, it'll be the Bears that take him, for sure. Now, I'm going to end off the episode by talking about my favorite draft bets that I'm loving. So, I looked at Vegas Insider, and I wrote down a couple of my favorite picks. This is Iffy Sports Bet. I think that these are some... Not easy money. I'm always very skeptical putting money on anything just because, like I said earlier in the video it, or earlier in the podcast, it is so up in the air for where people go, what teams are going to do, and one screwy pick will domino affect the entire thing. That's why I really refrain from doing did it goes to this team type picks. You'll hear when I give my picks, but I think that these are all pretty fair just for overall how the teams are feeling. Uh, two that are really high and like not fantastic odds, but I'll still throw them in there because I think it's definitely going to happen. Under 5.5 quarterbacks in the first round at negative or at minus 560, and under 1.5 tight ends in the first round at minus 500. Uh, both of those bets I really like. The five quarterbacks you guys already know, and while I do think that Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, Kyle Trask have a possibility of going higher than expected, none of them are really going to go first round. I know that in my original one, I had had six. I had Kellen Mond falling to the Buccaneers at the last pick of the first round. It's a possibility, but it's very unlikely at the same time. 
And then the under 1.5 tight ends, Kyle Pitts is a lock. And I think Pat Fryermuth is a lock to go not first. So if you're really talking 1.5, it's going to be on the under for sure. Then for the picks that I'm liking, J.C. Horn going under pick 13.5. I see him either going to the... Cowboys or the Eagles, one of the two teams, maybe, maybe, maybe at 13. I mean, if the Falcons really trade down, but like, I just see the possibility of him going so, so, so high. I could see him even going top eight, maybe, maybe, maybe a really big reach in the Carolina Panthers take him. But overall, I just don't see him slipping past 14. Uh, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, I have them both going on the over. Najee Harris over 28.5 and Etienne over 33.5. Both of those are minus 130 and minus 120. Uh, I think that teams are smart enough to not take a running back in the first round. If the Steelers do, I'm going to slap myself, and I think that overall everybody's going to think that it's not an amazing pick. I could see a world where it happens, but if I'm going to put money down on it, I'd assume that neither running back will go in the first round. Another one that I'm really liking that I said in my last video, I think that he has a really good chance of falling, actually both of these guys, is Devonta Smith and Caleb Farley both hitting the over. Uh, Devonta Smith over 11.5. I know that receivers are obviously highly coveted, but when you look, Chase is definitely going to go before him. Pitts is definitely going to go before him. I think Waddle will honestly go before him. Overall, that means that you're already canceling out the three spots. Already the five quarterbacks are going to go before. Already, I think both the tackles are going to go before. And you can make a case that both cornerbacks are. Micah Parsons might. JOK might. So with all of that, I just don't see him going before 11. And then for Farley, though I think that his upside is definitely top 20 pick worthy it's the injury concern just him versus greg newsome him versus even like elijah molden or asante samuel jr or javon holland like i could see all them getting taken higher than him and he just drops 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 20 is very very generous for him so i like the under for that as well and then my last pick that i really like is jalen waddle being picked over devonta smith that's similar to what i was saying before i just predict a big drop in devonta smith in his placement so waddle going above him at minus 150 is a good bet as well so I hope you guys liked this pre-draft episode. This is my last episode that I'm going to be putting out before the draft. It is on Thursday at 8 p.m. is round one. The day after, it's at 7 p.m. for round two and three. And on Saturday, it's at noon is going to be the rest of the picks. How I'm going to do it next week is on the night of the draft, I'm going to have my microphone up and ready watching the draft. And then as each pick goes, I'm going to directly hop on the mic and give my analysis and my grade, and then hopefully try to get that out to you by Thursday night with my grades for all the first-round picks, how I feel, who's the best picks, who's the worst, all that. And the weeks following the draft, I'm going to have best and worst picks of day two, uh, diamond in the rough picks, best overall drafts per team, and then best players in the late rounds and like the day three picks, and the undrafted players who could end up making an impact on another team. So those are for videos later later once the draft is over but yeah uh all my excitement is finally building up to this week i am so excited to finally have all the stuff that i've been studying and all the questions that i've been asking have finally answered i hope you guys are as excited of the draft as i am you're probably not because i am a big old football nerd 
But that's what the podcast is for. You already know. So have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. And I will see you on Thursday night. Have a great day. Peace.